0: Uh, let's have a word of prayer. I'd like to start with prayer. Father, thank you for um, this gospel message. Uh, thank you for your, your living and abiding word. And even if our government officials, which in some cases I believe they are, are overstepping their authority and exercising power, power where they shouldn't be, we thank you that your word lasts forever. And there's no power on earth, like we just sang a minute ago, no power in earth, under the earth or in heaven that can separate us from the love of God. You have uh, established a salvation for us that is secure in your justice. It's secure in your promises, in your very character, the root of who you are and secure in your love. And we thank you for that. We have a, we are receiving an inheritance that cannot be shaken, cannot fade, it cannot be destroyed uh, or taken away. And we are also preserved for that inheritance. This is truly amazing, and we thank you for it. As all of you, pray that you would open our minds and hearts to receive what you have to say to us in the next few minutes here, John, and, and also this morning as well. as uh, and this evening, as Larry prayed, that you bless this entire day as we fellowship together, we sing praises to you, and as we open your, your word. In Jesus' name. What's the one thing that you hear Larry say in his prayers, just about everything? He Thank you. He <laughs> saves a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: do, <laughs> now, that I wasn't expecting. <laughs>
0: By the way, if we see anybody try to join, uh, somebody jump up and let them know. Okay. thank you. Um, yes, and I heard that yesterday too in the in the marriage, uh, uh, the prayer at the end, and and uh, uh, appreciate that very much. God has uh, given us so much, forgiveness of sins, but also the other side of that is His righteousness too, right? right? That's that's just as important, They're both important, the two halves of the gospel. Um, message. Um, however, is that enough to believe in order to receive the forgiveness of sin? Is I'm
2: that enough not to believe? It's enough it is. to
0: know that and say that you believe it.
1: First John 1 9 says you have to confess. I mean, you have to confess. You have to agree. You have to realize that what you've done is wrong, um, and confess your sins. He's then He is faithful and just to forgive your sins. Um, but I remember Dennis Bailey talking about that. He said it's the confession, confessing your sin, admitting it, uh, realizing it, um, because he's not he's not going to change. Not, you're not going to change your heart, even in that salvation party, you know, uh, if you, you don't realize what you've done is wrong. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't just arbitrarily come and save you. Yeah. You, don't, you don't save a person who's swimming, you know, a person that's out there hanging out in the water, treading the water. You don't run out there and save them because they're not sinking. they got to realize they're sinking first and ask for help.
3: Also, you have to think about sense. the other side of the story. To be forgiven, somebody has to do something. To, 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 there's a price to pay. Okay, <clears throat> and we could have the gospel story could have been that God. God forgives sins, but no, He sent His Son to pay the atonement, to pay the price. Something when he when when something is is sacrificed or something's taken away for something or something is is um, You know, when you do wrong, you should be punished. So we're not necessarily punished. We're on the other scheme of it. We get a free gift, but we have to accept that and know that in our hearts that Jesus left the Father, came down, and his job, his main purpose, was not only to testify to the world, but the main purpose was to die. To die. What did he die for? He died for all sin. All sin. So when we have that in our mind, it makes it 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 makes it cut to the quick. Oh my gosh, he died because I just did this. Or I just did this. I really need to pretend of that. Sometimes we go back and do that sin again. Because sin is hard sometimes to let go of. But when we really understand the significance and the severity of his death and what it really means, our sins should be like, We should really, really, really totally be a sinning person.
0: Well, I don't think you can reduce the gospel only to really believe. Believe is one of the aspects of it, but it includes. There were people in New Testament that in Jesus didn't That's right. We've already read that in the gospel. We're going to see it again. Into chapter two. Believed in him, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all hearts.
2: The need that any man
0: tell him what was in some of his heart.
3: Yeah, yeah it's
0: a, it's an interesting question <clears throat> because um, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus tells us, and uh, a text that is on the top of your notes there is a very similar text. We're going to take a look at that uh, in our study. We may not get there today, but we'll take a look at that in Luke 13. But at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew seven, Jesus warns that there are many who will say to him on that day, Lord, Lord, right? Okay. So first of all, they're not like, Well, who are you? They know exactly who he is. Secondly, they acknowledge who he is that excuse me, those are the new notes. Oh yes, these are the new notes up here. Sorry. We've got to pass these out. Um, and we may not have enough for everybody. I make a topic.
3: You want me to make a couple of copies. Mm-hmm. You want me to make a couple.
0: let you make about three more, if you don't mind. Thank you. Pastor, okay. <clears throat> don't Um The sermon of the mount. Jesus makes it clear that that there are are those who not who know who he is, acknowledge him as Lord, and and then. There's a lot in that, right? But one of the things is that they're acknowledging that he has the authority to judge and to pardon, okay, because they're pleading with him. Didn't we do all of these works, okay, and cast out demons, perform miracles? And those are the signs of a disciple when Jesus is telling the story. Uh, So you can add to that. Today we don't necessarily... Cast out demons, perform miracles uh, on demand. We can pray for healings, and God sometimes can do that. Okay, but not on demand, not like the apostles did. Um, but we could add to that. You know, didn't I go to church? Didn't I um, preach? At least Sunday school, or didn't I attend Sunday school, or whatever that type of thing? And it says, "I will tell them." NIV says plainly, "I never knew you." Such a stark stark, depart from me i never knew you which means that there are many jesus is warning us that there are many people who believe in jesus or say they believe in jesus who
1: don't make it you have to have a relationship with him like like a friend like like you have a friend your best friend you have to Work on that relation, you know what I'm saying. You have to get to know them and know their like. and you know what I'm saying. We have to have a relationship with Him, you can't just believe. Um, together. you have to have that relationship
2: and build a relationship with Him. How do you do that? That's exactly right in His Word. That's what we're going to be looking at. Yeah,
0: how what is that difference? What is the essence of the gospel? You know we talk about the God I don't think we can over talk about it right we need to constantly we're looking at like a multifaceted diamond look at all of the different aspects and angles and perspectives on it but what is the heart of it what what makes what gives it gives it its power and I, I mentioned to you last week and we want to we want to begin to expand that explore it here in the next few weeks uh from this text here John eight um Because Jesus really gets to that question. What is the gospel? Okay, And I said to you last week a a, a statement. In fact, I wrote it back here on the notes near the bottom there, and I'll say it again. This almost sounds, and I hope it does have that effect, to make you sit up and think, is this really right? So let me say it this way. and I've, I've given a lot of thought to this, okay? So I could be wrong. Go ahead and show me. (laughs) But the power of the gospel is not the gospel. The power of the gospel is the one to whom the gospel points. He's the power. He's the authority. He's the reality. That's not the message itself. The black and white pages. Because as Jesus is talking to these guys here that he's wrestling with in this chapter, it's the same guys that he wrestled with in chapter five, who were the experts in the scriptures. They knew their Old Testament better than you do. I guarantee you they did, okay? They made a living from that. And he tells them back in chapter five, some of the most profound verses, I think in the whole gospel, which we will look at, okay, um, again, not today that you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. These are they which speak of me, and you
3: won't come to me that you may have life.
0: Wow. And that word search is, is a strong word, meaning it's not a casual reading of scripture. It's a labor. Some English translations translate it that way. You labor in the scriptures, right? It's a hard work. You guys get in there and you... Search and you diligently work and roll up your sleeves in the scriptures, but you're still unsaved. And what he's going to tell them here in this passage is, and this is the title, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Wow. These were the guys who were who was teaching all the rest of the Israelites about their own scriptures. These were the pastors, these were the seminary presidents. These were the ones who were like the headliners at a Bible conference. And he tells them, you're on your way to hell. You're not going where you think you're going. Okay? All right. So it gets to the real heart of what the gospel is. And, of course, that's the whole purpose of this entire book, right? So it's really, really important. All right. So... Title, unless you believe that I am, and I'm, I'm trying to pick up there on that, uh, because that's actually really literally how it's translated, or how it's written in Greek. The he there in English, in many English Bibles is in italics, meaning that it's implied, it's not actually there in the text. That's actually what Jesus tells them, unless you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. All right, let's read this. Okay, and, and we'll we'll come back around to that Luke uh, passage there, but there's a clip from it up there at the top. Let's start there. Uh, Luke 13. Uh, somebody just go ahead and read that, that little clip right on top of your notes there from Luke 13. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and west, and from the north and the south, and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. Sobering words. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Have you ever experienced that lonely feeling? When you watch someone leave for a destination that you desire to go to also but cannot accompany them on their trip we're uh, just talking to uh, just talking to Debbie this morning at the break here um, about Matt and and Kelly right and now Larry and Debbie've already been to Arizona they're asking me and, and and we're we're actually just it's not connected to any of these these other trips you know whatever we've Sabrina has wanted to get out there to the Grand Canyon. I have, too, for a while. Doria says she doesn't care. You know, She loves travel, but that's not on her list. But she's she'll go, of
2: course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um,
0: she'll probably enjoy what she thinks. Yeah, I, I think so, too, because, you know, like you say, you know, postcards don't do it justice, right? So anyway, so we know that. So we're, we're planning, and, and uh, we are just talking. And, and uh, well, Matt and Kelly, uh, yes, playing, I guess they're planning on even left yet, right? They're already... 11. They're already at the airport. They're excited to go. And here you are in my high school <laughs> no. Well, I would want
1: to go out there. Huh? I
2: would want to go out there. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you scale well. oh. That's true. Can we go too? <laughs> I have to say that. <laughs> uh,
0: <told> no. <laughs> Mom and dad I love you but please stay home this is our honeymoon. yeah, yeah. that's right. right I got you I understand but you, but there's a sense though which you know you would really like to be with them, right it'd be Experience. fun to, to go there travel with them being just be with them anyway but just going to a place like that you have already been you know there's so much more you want to see again you have it seen the first time and it's a, we talked about this last time but it, it, it there's there's a weird feeling it's a blend of of uh, excitement for the for the person that's going or people that are leaving and yet there's a sense of loneliness and and missing out feeling like you're missing out on your end right okay and that's what we're getting at here i keep hearing a phone going on. here um let's keep reading
2: it is a strange
0: feeling because while you are glad for them to enjoy the excitement and joy of the trip and the destination you experience disappointment that you cannot come along. Uh, Imagine that the destination is not a temporary one, but the eternal separation of watching others go into the majesty and joy of God's kingdom, while you are left out in the darkness, loneliness, regret, and hopelessness of hell. The sense of lost opportunity is unbearable, even on this side of the grave. It was unthinkable, especially for the professional theologians and ministers of Jesus' day. The feeling of being left behind is hard to put into words and is one that shows up in John's Gospel at various points. In this text we are studying now, it shows up again for the third time for the Jewish leaders. The first time was when Jesus warned Nicodemus that unless he was born again, he will not seek the kingdom of God. We've seen that in chapter 3, right? Uh, Verses 3 and 5, both. He says it twice. By the way, when something is repeated in Scripture, why is it repeated? You pay attention. That's right. You pay attention. That's right. Uh, Second time was when Jesus warned them that he was leaving and they would not be able to follow. That was back in chapter 7. Do you remember that? We talked about that. 734. The third time is here in verse 21. Notice that there is an exception. And I want to leave that out. I I didn't put that in originally, but as I was uh, reviewing the notes and going back over and back over and back over it, I decided to put that in because that is that is that's good. There's grace in the middle of this judgment, even as he is talking to them and saying, "and saying, where I'm going, you cannot come." And there's a sense of finality there. There's a sense of which the door of opportunity is 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 closing and closing very rapidly for them. There's still that in verse twenty-four. There's a little bit of grace there, right? And that's what that parenthesis says. Notice that there is an exception in verse twenty-four. <clears throat> This is where I get our title for our notes here. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die In an unexpected twist, he will say the same thing to his disciples in chapter 13, verse 33. And the shock of that statement will understandably devastate them. When we get there, you'll see that. That's, that's where... It's right after that, or not too long after that. He says some other things, but Peter can't leave that alone, and neither can the other disciples. They they just look right past his his commandment to love each other, and they come right back to that, and they say, "Well, what? How do we? What do you mean you're going? What? How do we get there? How can we follow you?" Right. And that's when he says, "Let not your hearts be troubled." Why does he say that? because their hearts were very troubled. He says to them, in fact, he says explicitly in that text, what I said to the Jews before, I say to you now too, I'm going and where I'm going, you cannot come. Can you imagine that? It's one thing for the disciples to hear him say that to the religious leaders that they know are in opposition to him, right? It's another thing in the intimacy of the upper room when they're celebrating the Passover together, and they've been with him all of these years, and they love him, you know, they don't understand him completely, but they, they love him, right? And, and they're, they're sold in; they've, they've sold lock, stock, and barrel, and they've bought into this thing. And he says, "I'm getting ready to go, and where I'm going, you cannot go."
3: As I just like I told them, I say to you. But I think his tone was different. Wow. To He's the same. But the thing is, is they probably didn't catch the tone; they just heard the words. They heard the words. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And they are devastating. They're devastating.
0: We'll see that when we get there, okay? But I, I wanted to reference it now, sort of give you a little preview, because what I'm trying to show you here is, is how this, this message shows up at various points in John. And it's, this, it's not just words, right? There's a real emotion here. There's that emotion of feeling left out, of, of, of watching somebody else participate in something that you yearn for and you can't have. All right, so in an unexpected twist, he will say the same thing to his disciples in 1333, and the shock of that statement will understandably devastate them. However, he qualifies it with the distinction that the disciples and anyone else who believes in him will see him again one day when he returns to lead them to the place he has prepared that where I am, you may be also, right? That's in 14, right at the end of verse 3. The lesson for us is that the power of the gospel is not in the gospel, but in the one to whom the gospel points. And that's the verses I just quoted a minute ago, uh, chapter 5, verses 39 through 40. You should highlight those in the Bible, Those people that's the things, okay? So so important. Some of the most important verses in the whole gospel, because that's the trickiest position to be in. That's one thing to be the woman at the well, having had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not you know a hedonist, you know, and you know you're in sin, but you you're loving it anyway. But it's another thing entirely to believe that you are righteous and you're walking with God. And you're reading his word and, you, and, you're, and you're spending much time in it and you're teaching other people about it. And, and then, as Paul said, that I myself may not be disqualified. The great apostle Paul worried about that. Maybe we should too. Not saying worry, but just, you know what I'm saying? Pay attention to it. Be sober about it. It's always vigilance is important. Examine yourself to be sure you're in faith. Okay? So he's talking to these professionals, and he's telling them this. And he warns them in that chapter, chapter 5, 39 through 40, it's not enough to know the Scriptures. Hmm. You need to know me. Diana's exactly right. And we'll talk about that, you know, um, what that really means. It is not enough to know the facts about God. It's not enough. If you want to follow Jesus into the kingdom of God, you must believe this testimony about him. And I almost put his testimony, but remember, he's not the only one witnessing. We've already seen that. Prior notes were all about that. I and the Father together are witnessing, right? And then in chapter 5, he says also John the Baptist, and Moses through the scriptures also witnessed, and the works, right? So you've got, you've got uh, if you add Jesus into that, that's total of... of um, was well, there's four back in there. And Father, he says five total witnesses, at least, that are given in the gospel of John. So put on the witness stand, if you will. Okay? Way more than what you... That's actually two plus three, right? By the mouth of two or three witnesses. So you think that covers the the, the legal standard? Yeah. Sure does. Well, miracle, well.
2: Well, that's what that I'm saying. The works.
0: works the works. works yeah. Right. The signs. The miracles. Exactly. I'm,
2: reading, I'm reading over in... Uh... 14, verse 11, it says, believe me that I am yep. in the Father and the Father in me or else. Believe me for the sake of the work of says." That's right.
0: That's right. And back in chapter 5, again, so you, you'll see the same This John, that's the way John writes. Um, he, he brings up the same points again and again and again and again, right, to get the point across, right? So back in chapter 5, same thing. He offered in fact, we can go look at that real quick. Uh, I'll take my word for it. Um, we'll, we, will, we will go through this. I, I've struggled with how to condense this down, and I don't, I don't think we need to. I think what we need to do is take a close look at it, because uh, revisit chapter 5 again, um, because it's so, so important to what he's saying here in chapters 7 through 10. He basically goes back in chapters 7 through 10, and and. It continues to elaborate on what he said in chapter five. So if you forget chapter five, you're not gonna get everything out of seven. Okay. So um let's see. After after the section we're gonna look at which which uh, basically starts in um that's the second bullet on your outline there. When we get there, uh, chapters, chapter 5, 18 through 30, um, he, he, he presents his witnesses. The first one there is John. This Bible isn't as delineated as well as the other one that I was looking at. But uh, he was a burning lamp. This is verse 36 of chapter 5. testimony. Okay, but verse, verse 36, but the testimony that I that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, what? The Father sent, bear witness, witness about me, that the Father has sent me. Okay? So here it is again. That's um, chapter 5, verse 36. Okay? So he's already told them that. That was a few years earlier. Um, but now he's coming back to this same Same place. You know, that's the problem with a question that's not answered adequately, is it never goes away, right? If you don't if you don't really if they're not really paying attention the first time, he, he comes back again and any grace he warns them again. He didn't have to, but he does. Remember Jesus loves these guys. He says that explicitly about the rich young ruler who was kind of mm-hmm. one of them. Okay. He loves them. He's not. He's not when he opens up both barrels here in this chapter, as he will in a minute. And uh, and as and when you read uh, Matthew twenty-three, whoa, whoa, which is really damn you, damn you, damn you. Okay, he's not saying it uh, through clenched teeth in joy and glee that they're going to hell. He weeps over Jerusalem. At the final presentation, right, when we get there, chapter 12, uh, all the four Gospels talk about we're getting ready to come up on Palm Sunday, right? The, we call it Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. I really think in studying that, that the triumphal entry is still really future. I like the way John's, uh, John presents it. He says the presentation of the king. I like that. I think because it's more accurate. Anyway. The triumphal entry, yeah. and then and then the other gospel. John doesn't say this, but the other gospels say that he weeps, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem! Right? How often I would have gathered you, and hen gathers chicks, but you would not. Therefore, your house is left to you desolate." He gives that sad, sad prediction. Yeah. About there, about there. Forty years later, they were totally devastated in 70 A.D. Not just the temple, but to the point where um, it says that, uh, uh, I think it's Josephus or one of the ancient writers said that there were so many crosses surrounding Jerusalem that had Jews nailed on them, dying in great agony that it looked like a forest. The wrath of God through Rome was wow, <clears throat> And Jesus wept over that. He, we'll see that same kind of deep emotion in chapter 11 too. Uh, at the grave of Lazarus as he stands there and he, you know, Werner talked about that uh, eleven uh, shortest verse in the Bible, right? Every Sunday school kid's favorite verse?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Get you a quarter, memorize a verse. Just whip. Yeah. Why did he weep? The answer will surprise you. It's a very different reason than why everybody else is weeping. It's because they didn't believe. After all that he had done, Even Mary and Martha, who should have known better, and who were some of his disciples, close friends of his, that he had been in their house many times, they didn't believe him. And he just groans. There's so much emotion in that chapter where Jesus just, he loves it. He loves people. He loves these guys. All right. Lesson for us. Lesson for us, yeah. Just keep that back in mind, you know, because it's easy for us to hate them or to read hatred in the powerful words of truth that he gives to them. Don't, don't do that. That's that's wrong. Okay. So is it not enough to know the facts about God? Um, you must believe this testimony, okay, this testimony coming from God the Father. We're going to see God the Father actually give a verbal testimony for the final time in chapter 12. He's going to speak from heaven. Do you know that? The Father speaks three times that are recorded in all four Gospels, okay? And we'll look at that. But the Father himself audibly, audibly spoke and bore witness that this is my Son, right? And uh, in chapter 12, he's going to say, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. In answer to Jesus' prayer, meaning that they are working together. The Father's listening. He's on board. He's, he's in accord with Jesus, okay? Um, so the Father has witnessed the scriptures have witnessed, John the Baptist has witnessed, the works have witnessed, and Jesus Himself has have all witnessed. Okay, so you must believe this testimony about him and respond to, to him in full belief that he is who he says he is. Otherwise, you also will watch as others go into heaven. You. Okay, we are out of
3: time. See, so, and I get that from the, the disciples. But they were so in love with him, <clears throat> they, they, they missed. I know we know they missed the point. They didn't want him to go away. They enjoyed his teaching. They enjoyed being. So I mean, I, I understand where they're what they're saying is like, oh my gosh, I mean, why are you leaving? You know, but they missed the point, and. So it wasn't until after his resurrection, or after his death and resurrection, that the Holy Spirit actually opened their eyes. So I get it from him. I mean, I know we're not downplaying him at all, but I mean, how would we act if he was here with us today? You know what I'm saying we have lucky for us. We have the end of the book. We have the end of the story. We know how everything plays out. We've heard the stories before, but they were so involved and so much in love with him. They didn't want to let him go. Just like what you're talking about, letting somebody go on a trip. They, they didn't want to let him go. And, and so, you know, we, we kind of go, can't you see what he's trying to tell you? No. I mean, they just, their eyes, their spiritual eyes were just not open yet. They weren't mature They didn't know enough. Right. They were still babes. And, Paul calls uh, it the mystery. And the I church. and I feel for them. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they, it doesn't say, but I'm sure that they emotionally wept. Oh my gosh, you know, the thought of him leaving them, you know, especially Peter,
0: who so, on top of that denied him when he said he wouldn't, right?
3: He swore, now, all these, all these, he pointed to other disciples. Were but you, there again, back on Peter's shoes. A couple of weeks it took until Jesus, yeah, saying, him. I know this so is what I'm saying. Being his shoes, he was scared, yeah. he was afraid that he was going to be. Whipped and beaten, or something like that. The sin nature of his um, wanting well, not to be like that is what stepped in and denying Christ. It's not that he did not love him; he loved him tremendously. He was a scared human being. Mm-hmm. That's right. What would you do? Right. Yes. Right. And you know, it's it's we look at that story and you know, go, "Oh my God, i it. See, what's amazing is is Jesus had just told him, you know. Simon, do you love me more than these? Yeah, pretty much.
0: One of the most touching stories about that, too, as you're talking, Rick, I, I thought about, I was listening, but I, I, it struck um, Mary Magdalene as well. You remember, she was the first one to actually see Jesus post-resurrection.
3: Except maybe... Uh, what's that, I'll get it. No, Danny, I'll get it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um,
0: anyway, so Mary Magdalene, yeah, she, remember, Jesus had to say, Stop clinging to me, literally, you know. She's to let go.
3: Here's the Lord, he's back. I can't let go. I, thought, I think one of the biggest, biggest problems,
2: and, uh, and that was the, the physical and the spiritual. Because you got to think why. Wow. So why did they think God had come? They were under this tremendous oppression from the Romans. Like you just said about all the Jews being hung on the cross. They they showed their dominance. I mean, they struck fear into the people. And so the disciples had, had thought, well, Jesus is coming to set up his kingdom. It was all earthly. Everything was physical. Their whole mentality was thinking about the physical. They had they, they they couldn't they couldn't grasp the the spiritual part of it. That's right. And I heard a message from John uh, John McAuliffe talked about the difference in that day and this day. The reason they crucified Jesus back in was because he was not religious enough. He was not religious enough. Compared to today, we would crucify because it's too religious. Yeah. yeah. The, the difference in the, in the thinking. Uh, that, that, that kind of struck me. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't understand. They really didn't. Paul, uh, John will say that. He's already said it once. I think he's going to say it again um, at least one at a time where we didn't understand then, but later we remembered his words. No. yeah you're exactly right well paul calls it the mystery it's the it's it's the it's the thing that is totally the old testament is totally silent about and that's the church paul calls that the mystery because it was revealed they didn't know they they thought now lord now are you going to you know restore the kingdom okay maybe you got to go to the cross maybe he's raised resurrected now okay now now lord you're going to do it right no i'm leaving All right, let's close in prayer and we'll break and have our service. Father, thank you for the grace in the midst of these hard words. It's hard to hear that, uh, especially from one that you love so deeply. And you, and you as, as Larry said, you know they were totally convinced that the kingdom was coming now, and um, and they didn't they didn't see. We we actually in many ways um, know a whole lot more. They did then, even though they're in your presence, you told them a lot of things, but it kind of went over their heads. Um, but we have that advantage now, and, and really, we owe them a huge debt of gratitude too, because they sacrificed everything to make sure that they faithfully discharged the message to generations of Christians who, then, like a baton in a race, have now handed it to us, and so. We stand in awe that you would do that. And even as we read at the top of the hour here from from Luke, many will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and recline at that table. That's us. We will be there as Gentiles, not as people who are part of the cultivated olive olive tree, but uh, grafted in from the wild one. We partake in those promises because of your grace.
3: And thank you for that. Pray your blessing on the service this morning and uh, pray these things in Jesus' name.